that bastard. Here we are. Phil and Alex, brothers, reunited once again on the Great Heavy Music Podcast. And today, Phil, I have something to tell you. I've been meaning to tell you for quite a while. Okay, I'll get it off my chest. Are you ready for it? No. Nah. All right, next episode then. Today, we're talking about human equipment. Phil, I have to tell you something. All right. I don't know. I don't, I don't even care if you're ready for it. Norm MacDonald okay. is the greatest comedian who's ever lived. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that, but he is very—he is great. No, I'm telling you, he is because it's not debatable. I was just working out, you know, oh. training for the beast tamer. Had to add a little cardio in. I was a little too fat, a little too heavy for the pull up. So I'm getting the beast tamer training going, and I'm listening to Norm on the uh, on the old television while I'm doing the rowing. And here's why he's the greatest comedian who's ever lived. He's like a magician. He's like an illusionist with words. He distracts you from what's going on just long enough that you've kind of forgotten what he was doing. And then he brings you back and smacks you right back. Let me give you the best example of what I was just listening to. Have you seen or heard his joke about autoerotic asphyxiation? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember it. All right. Well, you would remember because it's perfect. He... It's like a five to seven minute joke. It's long. He's, he's telling stories as he's telling. And the, the reason it's the best is because somewhere out of the nowhere middle of the fucking whole story, he goes in so many words. It's a big mystery what happens to you after you die. No one knows for sure what happens after you die. It's all a wonder. And one day we'll find out. But I know what happens to you immediately after you die. Right after you die, I know what happens to you. You are found. And that, I think, is just the funniest. Because then you think he's going to talk about after you've autoerotically asphyxiated and died by hanging like a fucking nut bar, that he's going to talk about what happens to you in the afterlife and there's going to be some sort of commentary on that. But it's just, he brings you right back to Earth, which... Someone will find your hanging naked body. <laughs> yeah, that that whole that is true. You know, it's funny. Speaking of Norm Macdonald, I just saw. I was going to send it to you, but I can't really send you stuff like I used to be able to. Shout out use. Light Phone. It's made out of Legos. Um, yeah, it's that. And so I anyway, I wanted to send it to you, but I couldn't. But I I'm glad you brought Norm Macdonald up because I was watching. It was like the what some title of like best norm snl joke well anyway he used to do weekend update and he was doing a story like he did many times about oj simpson and he was talking about how oj simpson said he would die for nicole kidman and he's like man that's a real fucking that's a real twist of bad luck that the one person who would die for you is the one who killed you <laughs> <laughs> what a real piece of bad luck it's just dude yep. He is just, he was the greatest. I'm telling you, I think, I don't, I've never heard anyone with a better delivery than that guy. Yep. Uh, and I always loved his cut to um, Frank Stallone. You guessed it. Yes, it, Frank Stallone. <laughs> uh, that was wonderful. Yeah, legend. R.I.P. Anyhow, I had to get off my chest. I just felt like I had to share that with okay. you. Best ever. Can't, yeah, it's not even negotiable. Great. Not negotiable anymore in my mind. Best ever. All right. You are found. <laughs> Your face looks like a collie flower. 
your <laughs> love them. All right. Well, anyhow, let's talk about it. Here we are. Disc two, starting off day twelve. Trauma. Eight minute fifty nine seconds. It's a great song though, even though it's like an eternity long for a prog song. Um, no, I think it's perfect for prog. Prog's long, don't you think? Yeah, that's true. I guess like on a two disker to start the top of the second disc well, with a nine yeah, minute or is a little adventurous, but it really is a great song. And there's a lot of weaving and ducking and diving. I think it's a cool start to the album. And what we kind of talked about last time is I think this album's a little darker than the first disc. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's got, it goes into some obviously trauma stuff, but it goes into a little more detail and an appearance from his father, who is a real bad dude. Who is? And then the subsequent rage that results from his experience with his father, which portrayed by Devin Townsend, that had some real badass shit going on. Yeah, and and the character played as his father is Mike Baker, the late Mike Baker, who passed away, and as we mentioned, is the former lead singer of Shadow Gallery. And what yep. an amazing voice that guy has. Oh, that guy's cool. That guy reminds me of Jake the Snake. I could see that. I don't know why. You know, and just had same cool vibes. Just a badass through and through. Jake, yeah, he looks like he's been 60 years old for the past 25 years. But like a healthy, like somehow. You know, he's a rough dude. Definitely a biker. Absolutely riding a motorcycle. And you know it takes you know it takes balls to be Mike Baker when he was a big brooding dude, but he sang with the just most falsetto soprano high pitch. Yeah, you know yeah, what a cool true. guy. Yeah. What do you uh, what do you think but, of the song "Trauma" itself, Phil? Day twelve. I love a lot. Of, there's a lot I love about this. So okay, this is a big time banger, even though it's nine minutes long. I love the okay. So it goes. Let's think about where come where, where it's coming from. Right. Right after day eleven. It's it's uh, a next lovely memory, and then we gotta switch it up a little bit, go into some real shit, and it goes into that, boom, 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 and it slowly, uh, I guess, sort of uh, drains them to the depths of his the darkness that's in him, and reason comes in, and it's like, yeah, all that great memory about love is cool, but here's where you are right now. You're in a hospital bed, and then fear jumps in, you're, then agony, then agony, but then his mother dying. You know, all this crazy, sad shit, but there's a great example. I'm pretty sure this is the song where Michael Ackerfeld does some brutal fucking vocals, shows what that dude's all about. Yeah. And Right? And then Pride has one of my favorite lines in the whole album, where he says, you have to be relentless to survive. It's one of my favorite lines from this whole album. You have to be. Love the way he hits that. Anyway, great song. Have, I, I don't think it really feels that long. Do, I totally agree with you. I it, it, never before looking at the time would I thought, oh man, that track twelve, oh, the opener on disc two is super long. I'd never think that. And yeah. it's got multiple parts, and one of my favorite parts just passed. It's when Passion screams, "You're better off dead." I just love yeah, that. Dude. Hell yeah, You're better off dead. Uh, and then it goes when uh, Michael Ackerman's part comes in. Uh, it gets real doomy and gloomy. I mean, legit, just yeah, morose. This, um, this part right here is so bleak. Yeah, must fight hard to break this spell. Just a cool, cool yeah. part. That's Eric Clayton there. Yeah, that guy, great singer. But then, yeah, so then fear uh, comes in and just, ugh, just some pretty brutal vocals. 
and not, there's nothing we can say about Michael Axford that hasn't already been said. Yeah. But it, he was such a great addition to this. He has that, a similarly, or he can do a similarly wounded cleansing style. Uh, very somber and then just brutal vocals. The guy's a very gifted vocalist. And and the savagery of the lyrics that he sings are, you hear her voice from beyond her grave, quote, where were you, son, when I needed you? Is this your thanks for all the warmth I gave? Did you forget what I've been through? Just so friggin' oh, man. Yeah, this guy is feeling like a real piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, talk about it. Like, from the pinnacle of his life where he falls in love with the love of his life and marries her eventually to... This harsh reality, like whoa, cold shower. Just being a piece of shit with sloppy steaks. <laughs> no sloppy <laughs> steaks, fellas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, anyway, great song, though, absolutely. And I love how it sets the tone for the second disc. And then maybe, right maybe the best part of the song. That deep growl of "You worthless fool, you let her die." What a cool song. Let her die. Yep. All right, well, I'm ready to jump into day 13, which is a total difference in terms of vibe and energy. Starts out with some yep. beautiful flute solo. Oh, yeah. And this is Love, Wife, and Him, and Best Friend, and the song is called Sign. What do you think of this one, buddy? <laughs> it's just a nice song. I don't, I this is a song that I don't go back to a ton, but every time I do, I'm like, oh, what a nice song. I, it's pretty. It's it's meant to be pretty. It's been warm. Uh, love takes the lead on here, but the wife's wife makes an appearance, and so does the best friend. Who, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned, is portrayed by Ari Lugasen himself, and does a fine job. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, just a very warm, pretty, hopeful. I'd say there's a, there's a glimmer of hope here now, after that traumatic downturn. Do you think there's an element of humility so deep in Aryan that he decided to be the best friend so no one he'd invite would be the sloppy dick who's cheated on the best friend's wife? <laughs> I'm sure it crossed his mind. You know what I mean? Like uh, he probably was like, nah yeah. guys, I got this one. I'll be I'll be the douche, okay? You guys everybody else can be cool. Yeah. Uh, it's true. And I can see too that uh I mean the best friend doesn't real he does have a lot in memory, but for the, uh, he's not a big, 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 big role in this. Uh, so I think maybe he wanted to step aside a little bit. I guess he could have been the dad if he wanted to really step aside, but you know, I feel like he kind of wanted the other guys to take the lead and everybody else he's invited. Definitely. Um, but I love the part it hasn't given us a sign at the end. Very yeah. pretty. Let me fast forward to that part and then we'll get into track 14 because 14's got a whole lot to offer. Oh, yeah. This part's cool where they do the pluck of the cello or whatever, I guess it is. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about or that. Or the viola. Yeah. And then it even does this really ballad yes, fucking solo. I see it too. <laughs> whatever. And it's a little cheesy, really. But... It is so cool. So, two heavy songs to start. And then we go to day 14, Pride. What do you think of this one? For a long time, Pride was my favorite song. I remember that. I remember that you always jocked this one, and I always liked it, but I never had it as my top one. But it, this intro is one of the coolest starts to any of the songs, in my opinion. Great distortion. Yeah. And fast distortion. And just the, uh, 
James Debris uh, and the guy doing Pride riffing off each other is done perfectly. Draws your right in. Uh, it's just catchy as hell. Obviously, it's about. Um, it's actually it's the it's one of the few parts where Reason and Pride are on the same page here because uh, they're both telling you to uh, kind of kick ass. You know, he, he's he's fighting his instincts to take over. He's it, he's in the corporate world now. He's sort of fighting his instincts to kind of take over, right? And um, and then he's it, but it sort of transitions into the pride and the strength to get himself out of the situation. You know, it's like, basically, you've dominated before, so how about you, you know, pull your bootstraps up and, or pick yourself up by your bootstraps and just, and just go balls to the wall and get out of this situation too, you know, alpha your way out of this. Do you think this was one of your favorites because of the performance of James Labrie? I think this is one of the tracks he opens it up most. Do you feel that way? Uh, definitely does. I think probably, my, I like the guy's uh, Pride's performance as much as the James Bray. Uh, uh, but yes, he does, absolutely, there's enough of this. But and, that's what I mean, I think both of them did a wonderful job. You have to sing along to it poorly, I do, but you have to try. It's yeah. so good. There's so but much yeah, power yeah. behind it. And the soundscape, like in yeah. the liner notes, it's a picture of like a cityscape, kind of just behind the background. And the tone between the 12, 13, and 14 are so radically, radically different, each song. And they take you to a completely different place. That's what, I mean, this, unlike any album at all, but when you first presented this to me as young, just testosterone and jizz-filled kids, we were like, I mean, anally, rectally. Just kidding. Yeah, we, a lot. <laughs> Tell you a lot. I we, think there's still some stuck up <laughs> The gerbil couldn't get all of it. But uh, I, I just never had encountered an album with this much variety and uniform quality. There was nothing ever like. I mean, Opeth kind of, I think Blackwater Park I might have known about before, and that introduced me to some elements of that bit of variety, and Dream Theater 2 had some variety, but not in the same way that this had just completely or in a different place with every song. Yep, absolutely. Uh it's a roller coaster ride, man. But yeah, it's, every part of it's great. I, but I, I don't even know. I don't even agree with that analogy. It's not even a roller coaster ride. It's a teleporter. It takes you to different places in different worlds instantly. You're not on the same ride, just up or down or upside or left or right. You're like in uh, a totally different world. It's, well, it's pretty hard to make that cohesive too, right? And I guess the, if it's all great, you kind of forgive it, even if there's not a great transition. Even though I don't think this album suffers from that. No. For, so, so, yeah, somehow, that's, that's, somehow that it's not wanting in transition, but you're in a totally new place every song. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and to get back to what you said, yeah, I think James Debris does a great performance on this. Um, and it's good to get, let him, when you bring James Debris onto your album, you've got to give him a couple chances to let loose. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this yeah, is one of those. And shame on you if you don't. Exactly. All right, want to go to 15? Betrayal. Oh, Betrayal. Uh-oh. And as we that do, as we good. do, tell us why you 14 was dethroned. Why was it? You said for a long time it was your favorite track, and then what happened? Uh, probably, I think as cool as it is, it's not the most well-rounded 
and you know, I think I sort of started gravitating towards other like um, I like I had school. I think has so much to offer on every you know, every spectrum of what you know what they're offering you as far as heavy, catchy, epic, operatic, somber, etc. Uh, and so basically, uh, it, it's, it's a fun treat, but it's, I don't think it's the, I think the lack of, or the sort of the one, I hate to say that, but the one dimension with, that it offers, I think is, a, it's, it could get a little stale, for lack of a better term. And so I think I, I think it's overplayed it. <laughs> and I started to realize. Yeah. More it could be, I was going to say, it could be that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, maybe, I don't, so I can't tell, but a mix of both. I started to think after a while, I was like, okay, this is a definitely a great song. But I'm probably sleeping on some other ones. Right. Let me expand my horizons. Yeah. Well, Betrayal starts out with Michael Ackerfeld of Opeth as Fear, and he does a nice job, I think. It's not too heavy, though. Mm -hmm. And then Agony steps in, Devin Graves. They're just so cool together with that, like, wounded sound, as you said. And and just this song brings you back to that first kind of feeling like trauma was of just dark, just Mm -hmm. oof foreboding yep. trouble and this is like kind of a big reveal right this is where you know what he did to his buddy um and basically what what started this uh not, well not what started but what was the catalyst to push him over the edge you know because he had a bad life growing up but he realized what what fault what happened what caused the falling out between him and his buddy so uh but you know plot wise it's a very important song right but it's- you know it informs you. It informs you that his best friend is a complete piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, the problem with the song isn't that it's bad. It's had a sandwich between some two really big standouts, so pride, and then right into loser. I mean, yeah, you're gonna want to get. You're kind of just getting through 15, as good as it is. No, it's a cool song, but you're totally right. It's a bridge because 16 is epic. It's one of my top three, but. Fifteen, I mean, he does a good enough job of introducing the fact that I'd want to kill that guy. I mean, come on, you're in a coma and you're like, "Well, found out my dude's been cheating on me with my wife. What a piece!" Let me just go ahead and throw this out there. Podcast is over if I find that out, Phil. <laughs> yeah, buddy. After someone, your buddy's wife is, he would get killed for shit. Let me tell you. Yeah, next <laughs> level. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. it's different story if I if I'm. It's a different story if I'm dead, you know, and she's lonely. Well, I guess better you than somebody I never met who might be a real dick. But at the same time, please don't. But if she's, if I'm alive, what the fuck? What are you fucking? What are you doing? You're yeah. an animal. That's a yeah. That's a a vicious beating uh, waiting to happen. Yeah. Totally. But so and so he screws his buddy over, right? Before after this or before? I can't remember his buddy. So he tampered with the books, right, at work. Yeah, but I don't think he was and screwing so, his buddy with tampering with the books. He was just fudging numbers. He said he once told you he tampered with the books. When he lost out on the deal, you're digging up the evidence. Yeah. No one looks. You leave it there so for all he, to see. So he basically, he does that to his buddy, and then his buddy bangs his wife. Was a little tit for tat. Maybe that's what... Let's say, I'm... Not just like anything that happened. I'm just saying that the baggage wife thing. I'm just saying, story wise, I'm trying to get it together. Everything that Betrayal's telling us. That they both betray each other in some way. Yeah, you're right. He basically dimed him out so that he could get the top dog position as director of the firm. 
But then is uh, like, but then he gets cucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that that definitely uh, he definitely won that battle. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely checkmate on the best friend. <laughs> that's like in Seinfeld when they're going back and forth in the jerk store bit. And then Kramer tells uh, George, he's like, just tell him you stuck with his wife. <laughs> like, so so the, the guy beats he's like, whatever, jerks are called. Blah, blah. And he's like, well, I slept with your wife. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Ultimate anyway. trump card. If you're banging some dude's wife, yeah. yeah, great. You're director of the firm. Congrats, but I just plowed your missus. That's wrong. Yeah, so big time. You would think seemingly unreconciled. What, what am I looking for? Irreconcil- Irreconcilably. Uh but I guess trying to kill yourself kind of wipes the slate clean. <laughs> that's the biggest. <laughs> that's the biggest. I'm sorry you're getting. I try to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway. let's 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 jump into track 17. It's not as heavy of subject matter necessarily, but the first didgeridoo I'd ever heard in metal before. You know, as the introduction, yeah. which yeah. you're like, what is that about? And then. I don't know. Go ahead. I'm talking over you, but I'm saying I don't know how the. I, I don't know how they came up with that, but what a great fucking idea. I know. So random and so good. Yeah, I guess... I mean, I've never even... A didgeridoo you always hear on, like, National Geographic. I never thought, like, boy, I need to hear more of that. But But then you hear this song and you're like, now I do. I definitely need that in my life. Hell yeah. And then this sick-ass keyboard solo out of nowhere. Man, this is fucking bad. I know, I know, and you know what? Only two singers on the whole damn thing. It's Mike Baker and Rage. I don't even remember who Rage is. Yeah. Rage is uh, Mike Baker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Devin Townsend. Yeah, so two of the best singers you've ever lived. But definitely top three for me. And I guess I should mention. Yeah, this is the song where. The father comes in and basically introduces that he was a real dick to his kid uh, who tried to kill himself now, of course, in yeah. his childhood. He was a real asshole to him, and he just trashes him and, you know, makes you sympathetic to his cause. Yeah, it does. And his dad doesn't even try to explain, you know, that he, maybe he wasn't so bad. Because earlier in the album, they're like, my dad was a dick, and this guy's like, yeah, I was, and you're a pussy. <laughs> right. <There's> absolutely no... <laughs> Explanation from him. <laughs> no no apologies here, you himself. fucking wimp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're a little bitch. So. But anyway, and then Dem Towns at the end absolutely killed it. Killing it from afar. Go tell it in the bar. Killing it from afar. My father. And he said it three times. And it just when that comes on, I want to throw something out the window. Dude, definitely, buddy. Through the window. Definitely a top three. Is this a top three for you? Uh, it should be, but it's still not. I think I, I think I blew a little bit my load on the first disc from a top three because I've two or three on But I have one more. That I don't think it would be short. It's not. It's not what? What a cool part. Oh, right here. Wonderful. Part. I absolutely right I don't know whose idea it was to do that like hoot in response. Right here. Only in the center, he says never like six times, but only in the center two or three, there's this kind of like responsive hoot, 
hoot, right. you know. That hoot, yeah, yeah. It is, it's like tribal shit. Yeah, I don't know whose idea that was, but God, it just added an element to it that I love that song. I love the subject matter of it, and yeah, love that song. So I like. Good. I like to think that someone was like, "I'm gonna say hoot, and you say holler," and then they, they were like, they heard it, and then they kicked that guy out, and they just went with hoot. <laughs> That holler asshole really was pushing the boundaries, but Hoot, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. How much, if someone, if one did Hoot and then there was a holler also in it, that would kind of make the song terrible, right? I feel <laughs> yeah. like that would, that's all it would take. It's funny. Particularly Good if it's the same guy. Hoot, holler, Hoot. <laughs> all right, day, day uh, 17, accident. We're just rallying through. This is If anybody for the first time was listening to this, they'd be probably like, at this point, when does this end? But you still got a lot of album left. You got four more tracks. And for a metal fan and somebody who likes Prague, I'm like, we got a lot of good shit left, too. We're not just, like, cruising to the finish. We got some freaking gold left. Definitely. Excellent. Big time underrated song. Eerie. I love that. Burn, dun, 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 dun. Cool. Um, I don't know what... Almost dreary. Kind of... Uh, um little riff they got and i think this is the one the way agony sings it it sounds a lot like no quarter from led zeppelin and i love that part it's almost echoey but muffled it's like a, i can't really place why i think it was a great or place how it is how it's done but that was a great addition um very eerie song and i like it the, he keeps committing himself to building this to maintaining this atmosphere definitely definitely and you know what? This is an interesting little trivia thing, but my whole life, God, I've listened to this album at least a hundred times, and I always thought that in my mind he's driving home at one a.m. You know that it's dark outside and he's driving home just broken and just kind of drunk or whatever. But it's very clearly one p.m., so it's the middle of the day. He's just like lost in the day. And I think the imagery of the sound made me think that he was in a car, it's dark, and he's just, like, depressed. Mm -hmm. and, but he's so depressed, it's the middle of the afternoon, and he's, like, flooring it into a tree. I think that's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, Big time, buddy. That's, it's, you're not supposed to feel that alone in the middle of the day. Yes, yes, thank you. That's exactly yeah. right. You would not expect those haunting level of thoughts while the sun is shining in your face. But it, he's just, yeah. like, numb to it all. Yeah, you gotta be pretty bad off if you're feeling that way at 1 p.m. <laughs> I mean, yeah, bad. you're in a bad spot. Buddy. Yes, for real though. But yeah, great song. Uh, Agony has a good, cool part when he says, "Love wrecked you. I'm the oldest friend you've known." That's he sings that well. Great bass work on this song too. A lot of great instrumentals across the albums from varieties of different stuff, but great bass lines in this song. And yep. some nice building too, like right here. Yep. Very cool kind of crescendo spot in an otherwise darker song. Yep. But right. yeah, it's, it's underrated big time. I think most people talk about these last three and Loser, a lot of other ones, but this one is quality. Yeah, it gets overlooked because it's in so much gold. But all right, let's go to number 18, my friend. Realization. Hmm. Real good. So they basically do the same riff over and over again with a bunch of different instruments. This was one and, of my uh, favorite parts when we were kids. Like this was that repetitive of the same riff, but with all the different layering and different instruments, I thought was so cool. 
Yeah, it's, it's just a fun. It's they don't even sing until it seems like towards the end. It's just a fun song. It, you know who loves it? Andrew loves this song, or at least did back in the day. I don't see how he couldn't. It's a great song. Yeah, but uh, bow, bow, bow. yeah, it's a, starts off somber and quiet and explodes. This song is like fireworks. That's how I feel. And you got reason. Basically, it's a conversation between the main character and reason, passion, pride, love, agony, fear, best friend, wife. He's talking to everybody pretty much in one-liners, yep, and, and kind of it's all culminating into what's he going to do? And he kind of has this acceptance that it's all my fault. It tears me apart. Yep, and I love the end where he, where he goes, let me out. Listen to me, can you hear me shout? Let me out! And then yeah. the music goes with it. Fuck it. And the line, and the the uh, CD's got a picture of a guy behind, you know, caged in bars, <clears throat> which is perfectly befitting of that feeling you'd have if you really felt that trapped in your own body or mind. I mean, tense. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So, okay. This kind of starts the rally of the that clapping behind the flute, doing the riff. And oh, it just... yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so Definitely, this is probably the most fun song. Probably. I can see it's that. Something. I mean, I like, I like playing a Yeah. That's the other one that came to my mind when you said that. This is a good fucking time. You know, it's such a serious subject matter. You play this, anybody you play this for, even if they don't like metal, is going to fucking appreciate it. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, do you want to cruise into Day 19? Because there's a lot in Day 19. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. What do you got? What do you got to absolutely. say? Disclo- disclosure. Uh, this is, I this is my favorite on the album, and it was an early, uh, early love of mine. Like right away when I heard this song, way back in the day. Uh, but it has become my favorite, probably, only because of. I mean, I like I do mention school a lot. This is definitely my other one in the top three. At the moment, it's my favorite, but I'm sure that could change. Don't you, um, do you think it's it, partly because Marcella Bovio, the wife, the way she sings My Sweet Love, My Heart Belongs to You, but I was lonely and the need for passion grew. Yeah, man. Ooh, that is beautiful when she sings that. Yeah, a hundred bajillion percent. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It, right it, here. it just hits you right in the feels, man. It's so okay. With that violin behind and the cello or whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I always think of that. I think of like a Christmas time. For some reason, it reminds me of Christmas time. And maybe because I've listened to a lot at first, but it, it just has like this pretty cold sound. And, um, and fucking Zales. I mean, and Toyota Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Get a big old ribbon on your car as, you, yeah. as an apology gift for your wife plowing your friend. Yeah, I got you a Tundra. <laughs> Congrats! <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, um, great job from Aryan himself for kind of taking the lead, at least with the uh, the verses. My good friend, uh, and the the riffs and the rhythm, the pacing of the song are perfect. You know when. Just when he goes, you know, my good friend, the way he goes, dan it, dan it, dan it, and then it goes into that cello plucky thing. And then there's this gorgeous violin towards the end. And then Passion comes in, which says, don't be afraid. 
Don't keep her waiting. That's the way she hits that note. Don't I, keep I, I waiting. Like yeah. Yeah. I feel like you've praised that before, man. It's woof, what a banger. I fucking love this song. So my that's at the moment my favorite. Definitely my top three. Love it. Yeah, great song. Not in my top three, only because musically it's so light. It's a very airy song. It's not like... It is. I like the heavier ones on here, I think, more. But then again, my light favorite is Hope, that day seven. And that's very light and airy, so it's tough. Right. There's just too many good ones to pick a top three. Oh, yeah. All right, day 20, Confrontation. Do you want to jump to that one? Last one, final song. Yes. Seven minutes, gonna, three uh, seconds. What do you say? What, what's what's your feeling on this one? Well, like this, the hallmark of any good album that I love, if it finishes so strong that I want to go back and start it over, it's great. And that's how I end this. Whenever I hear the end of day 20, I'm like, oh, man, I want to do that again. I want to start that all again because there's so many things I want to hear again. So... If that maybe that's a compliment to day twenty, maybe that's a critique of day twenty that I don't go back and start the song over, but I want to go back and listen to the whole album over. Um, I I think musically it's a perfect ender. It just has finality to it, don't you think? It has like a sonic sound of conclusion. Yeah, I think a big part is that um, there's a riff in the It's like a droney, and it just has this. Yeah, like, a, I don't know why, but it has, it's just like, it's almost like a gavel. Like, we're done after this. Yes. It's <laughs> something about it feels very final. And then the welcome to reality parts. I mean, it just feels like a resolution. Yes. And, you know, Mu- and so musically just, and lyrically. It it, musically and lyrically, there's a resolution. Yeah. yeah, and they're telling you, welcome, he's coming back to reality. And right. he's waking up. And those parts are great, by the way. It, Agony says welcome to reality, and so does Reason. They both nail it. Because um, I love Agony says welcome to, be, to reality, be ready for the pain. Because that's, that's going to happen. But then Reason says welcome to reality, wake up and rejoice, you know? And so there's a, it's all been very bittersweet. And I think that's really cool the way he did that. But the actual lyrical content of them, they're, they're telling you this, he's coming back to life. And in a. In a deep way when you look at all the lyrics and you kind of appreciate the whole thing you begin to understand I think what Aryan was trying to convey which is if he hadn't gone through this tortured entrapment within himself to explore all this stuff he probably would not have come out of it in the same way so in fact all that like internal suffering was necessary to reach this point and that's the fact that that's conveyed through a, a CD is just so cool. Yeah, man. And then so, and, and at the end, when they all start jumping in, he said, you know, best friend says, so much to see, so much to live for. All these, all the delivery, the, the delivery of all of these lines was great. But um, <laughs> there's a great I wanted to read. If you read the lyrics here, Love says, you're never alone. I knew we could make it. That's a cool part. I remember. I know exactly how she says that. But then fear just it just says, "Arr!" <laughs> he's growling. <laughs> <laughs> Arr, like yeah. <laughs> the the written uh, lyrics sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, but one thing I uh, I don't like, and I, it's a, it's a thematic choice. Don't like this on purpose. It's not a mistake. But he 
uh, James Bree at the end says, I'm alive, but won't look back, and he goes, ah, hits his note, and it cuts right off into the computer saying that uh, human equation program aborted, right? And which that's fine. I think that's cool that it's all simulation or something. But I wanted to hear James Bree finish that note oh. so bad. And I always think he's kind of going to when I play it. And he's not. I know he's not. But I'm always like, ah, ah. And I mean, find this on purpose, right? Leaves you wanting more. It's perfect to end the album properly. But I always am like, God, just, you should just let him. I just want to hear it so bad. Give me the director's cut. Yeah, exactly. I have to go but back. Again, and, I have to go back and watch the theater equation again and see if he does. I can't remember. So next time I look at that, I'll, I'll tell you if he concludes there because I would expect he probably. I don't. I couldn't see that on stage and just stopping. Right. Right. That'd be hard. You need that. That needs to be edited. Yeah. Like, right. You can't just that. Exactly. Um. Let's put tackles in mid song. Right. Or they just cut mid-mid. his mic, and I doubt that. I doubt that. Yeah. So, but uh, but again, it's a, it's a it's a thematic choice. I mean, he did it, obviously did it on purpose. Uh, and but anyway, great song. Definitely a resolution. Not a top three, but a perfectly respectable way to end a great album. Mm-hmm. It just leaves so. you kind of. Standing up from your chair, cracking your knuckles, going, well, that was mighty good time. Tip of the yep. cap to you, Aryan Lucasen, for putting that together. Golly. Absolutely. So, hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. From here, we go to 01011001, which came out when I was in college and was um, a welcomed next album and we're gonna go see them perform this live in september in holland can't wait for that so that will be that's a, a go ahead i'm excited to listen to this album i'm sorry i'm excited to listen to this album me me too I, i've been i gotta say i've been listening to it quite a bit because i'm going on this trip but i'm gonna give you a little forecast i love it <laughs> i mean it's just like super fucking great this is we're in peak 90s bolton right now in my opinion with all these albums. I mean, this right here, this stretch is home run after home run. Yep. So. Only 10 more months till Christmas. Exactly. I'm going to kill the elves. <laughs> all right. Well, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to do an a, a actual recommendation to kind of spice it up just a hair. But. Oh, God. I am like a tortured soul about what I was going to give you. So, And I literally just decided, like, when we started recording so I'm kind of mad about it but I kind of just I can't decide and I'm I've decided so I am going to refer you to In Contact by Caligula's Horse have you heard <laughs> I've heard some of them those are cool have you heard that whole album I don't think I've heard any of it oh good 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 okay that was ain't ringing a bell if we were recording the show in 2016 or 2015 I think when that came out that would have been definitely my top three so really big fan I hope you like it alright I'm gonna give you you probably heard that but I'm still gonna give it to you uh, Barren Earth on Lonely Towers let me see here it sounds familiar but I don't know that I've heard the whole thing I Barren Earth I agonize a little bit because they yeah. have three like a plus albums but i think this one's probably the best one barren earth on lonely towers no i have not heard this album and i'm looking forward to this because they put out an album 
Complex of Cages? Let me see. It was... A Complex of Cages, yes, 2018. Yeah. And I listened I'll, to that I'll one, I really it. liked it. So I'm glad you didn't give me that one, because I'm not familiar with Good. All Lonely Towers. A lot of people like their album Curse of the Red River, like, the most. But I find them... They do a mix of clean and growly. I find that they either change a singer or something, but the clean singing is a lot better, in my opinion, after the Curse of the Red River. So All Lonely Towers is really fucking strong. All right, perfect. Well, I'm glad. We're going to spice it up. We're going to come back, do an episode of standard old classic with a, oh, yeah. you know, a That's So Metal segment and all that, and maybe a sponsor even, throwback. And Have a great That's So Metal, man. All right, perfect. We'll do that and next time, and then we'll come back with 01011. We'll get back on the Arion Chronicles. Sound good? Yep, absolutely. You're the man. Glad we did this. I It was good to revisit Human Equation. I wish for everyone and anyone who would ever listen to this to have the same shared experience that you and I had when you first introduced this to me, both from your side of like, dude, you got to listen to this, and then me being like, holy shit, listen to this. That's a that's oh, a, yeah. you know a friendship experience and a metal experience that I think is so unique to like just music and metal. Yep. So. So you're the man. I'm de- absolutely. I right. agree. Okay, buddy. Until next time, this is the Great Heavy Music Podcast. Alex and Phil out later, buddy. Later.